Welcome back, Clone Dance Partiers. This is Season 5, The Final Trip, Episode 6, Manacled Slim Wrists. In this episode, Sarah misses clone swapping. Crystal is like an insider with kind of like off-base priorities. Kira has good aim and a good brain. Kasima saw the wizard saw the wizard behind the curtain, and he was a clown. Charlotte can't swim. Ira found a mom and lost everything else. And Rachel is not as in charge as she thinks she is. I'm Liz. I'm Janice. I'm Matt. And I'm Sandra. Welcome back, Sandra. Hello. It's lovely to be here with all of you. I was like, it is my turn, right? <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> But no, it's it's always fun to talk Orphan Black. I wasn't expecting to be on the show, but Liz got in touch today, and I was kind of, you know, it's always fun to, to get to talk about it. I was glad that it got to be on a Crystal episode. That's super fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Were you in on the Crystal episode? What do you think yeah. of the season so far? I think I like the season okay. Um, it's very different. I I think spending so much time on the island, it almost reminds me a little bit of season three, which is not a good thing. <laughs> um, just because season three, we were spending so much time with the caster clones and it was a different setting. And now we're spending so much time on the island and it seems like there are so many new characters that they're introducing that we kind of have to get attached to. But we're also going to say goodbye to very soon because we know that it's the final trip, right? Like it's Orphan Black season five, the final trip um, or season five colon the final trip or whatever. So it it almost seems odd that they're introducing new characters like Mud and like, you know, Aisha. Actually, we said goodbye to her today, obviously. But I am liking it. And it seems like we've finally gotten to the to the big bad because it that's one of the things that's been going on throughout the show, right? Is we had so many questions about who was in charge. We thought it was Leaky and Dyad, but obviously he was just a pawn. And then, you know, we had Topside and the lady from Caprica and whose name I can't remember who she actually played on Orphan Black, but there have been so many different people in charge. And now that we finally got to Westmoreland, it seems like he's the actual final big bad. Right. And so now we have to actually take him on, which doesn't seem like it should be that difficult given that he's dying already. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see the man behind the curtain. It's interesting to see kind of where it all started and where it all began. And I feel like a lot of that unraveled in this episode. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do for the final four. Yeah, I felt uh, watching this episode, the first three episodes, I think I was thinking, oh, I can't wait till this is over. You know, I might not even continue watching this if I weren't doing the podcast. But this episode was like why I watched the show. And I was like, oh, I wish it would go on longer because the crystal part was just so great. And then mm -hmm. we, and then we found, you know, we, we, there was movement in the story. It was it was really good. Things progressed, it seemed like, for yes. the first time this week, which yeah. was good. And I, I've been enjoying the character studies of the first three episodes, I think, more than you guys. Um, but it it still, it did feel a little stagnant, and it seems kind of like, it seems very compartmentalized. Like, we had the Allison episode that was just like Allison, and then we said goodbye to her, and we haven't seen her since, right? Which is disappointing. But it it seemed like it was more a character study and everyone trying to find their footing. And it took so many episodes to get to this one that it almost seemed like if this is your final season, maybe you should have done something with that. But I don't know. Like I, I have enjoyed it though. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. A 
I've, I've enjoyed it and also not enjoyed it with like Janice. Um, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I don't know that I would be watching uh, weekly uh, the way I am currently. But this episode felt like the uh, starting pistol finally went off. And I think the next four episodes, shit's going to hit the fan and everything's going to happen. Um, I think after thinking about it today and catching the little bits and pieces, I remember saying halfway through, um, or I think it was like towards the end of season two, beginning of season three or halfway through season three, I was like, where the hell did Neolution go? Like we spent all of season one with them and now there's nothing. And I remember thinking in the beginning of this season and I didn't say anything. Um, but I remember thinking, what happened with the caster base? And so it's following the same pattern, whereas towards the end, two seasons later, we're getting Virginia Cody again, and we're seeing her role in all this, and that she wasn't just a government person. She was, you know, part of the science in the beginning. Um, and, and she also didn't turn into a hanging plot thread. Correct. Joy. Yeah. Um, and I think that when it comes down to it, I think it's going to be more of her and uh, PT slash John um, are the tag team big bads. But I think because PT is dying, it's going to end up being Cody. Um, unless somehow Mud is like, it's all a red herring and Mud is actually the super evil genius behind everything. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. But, I might love that twist kind of a lot. Like I wouldn't be against it. Um, so I'm really hoping that the last four seasons we bring the clone or the first, the last four episodes, we bring the clones together and we actually get to, uh, wrap up their stories in a good enough place. I mean, without killing everybody off, there's not going to be a way that we're not going to keep wondering, oh, I wonder how Allison and Donnie are doing or whatever without killing them all off because then their story is over. Um, so I really hope that they wrap it up in a nice enough way that we can just envision them having their lives. I hope that I've, that's kind of what I hope for that show as well is even if they start a new journey or something like that I want them to have some sort of finality to this Neolution Westmoreland dyad topside caster Lita like that whole aspect of their lives I'm not saying that they can't start another thing that we'll never see because the series is going to be over but it seems like there should be some sort of finality like some sort of finale which I I trust the show enough to give us one. Uh, I know that you probably don't. Like, I uh -huh. do. And I'm, I'm someone who's strange to you. Like, I don't necessarily need a whole lot of, a lot of finality in a finale, if that makes sense. I'm one of those people who kind of loves when things are open-ended. And I'm like, well, that wasn't resolved at all. But I guess they'll go on to have their own adventures. I just, I want to have, I guess, just a moment that seems worthy of a finale even if they're starting a new adventure that we'll never see. My prediction is is that it's going to go... Because it always comes back to Buffy. Buffy season seven, a uh, series finale, where you know how the all the girls, uh, the, the potential slayers became slayers, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm picturing a montage where 
the clone experiment is now public, and everyone knows that clones are, are real, and we get a montage of, oh, there's a clone in Paris. Now here's a, clo- a clone in Amsterdam. Here's a, here's a, clo- a clone, uh, you know, somewhere else, Australia. So we get to see the clones awakening? We, we get to see Tatiana Maslany in like 50 more wigs. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to see Tony again, and we get to see well, like... We can throw him in there too, I suppose. I, I think we should. I mean, I don't yeah. see why not, especially if it's an end montage. You already have a character that's out there. We assume he's still alive. We don't know. We haven't heard from him. I, were, I really want to see Cal again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely Cal. He's not on Game of Thrones this year. He can be on... Uh... Black. Yeah, because I mean, uh, talking about Virginia Cody as a potential hanging plot thread, Cal is a major, major loose thread for me right now because I really, <gasps> really oh my like god, Cal. what? Cal is the dyad. Cal is the person inside of dyad. Oh, that would be perfect. Sure, I'll go with that. Like Mrs. S's source, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would totally be into that because that would make a lot of sense, actually, because Cal has the technical know-how and he has connections. Obviously, we've exactly. seen him hacking with Mrs. S before. That is perfect, Sestra. I would really enjoy that. And it would be a way to bring him back into the fold organically exactly. and explain where he's been this whole time because all exactly. they said at the beginning of season four was he had to go away, right? Exactly. Yeah, he had to hide because his... Because the actor Bug had another job. Or yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because the actor had, had another job. To Daenerys Targaryen. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Cal is the dyad person. Sestra, this is why I like when you're on the podcast. Because you say <laughs> the things that like trigger the shit in my head that I can't like that I can't find. Like you this say the thing and I'm like together. <laughs> um so okay, PT West Merlin's name is it John or Charles? John. Is John. It... Okay. Yeah, he says yeah. Um, Susan says John. Okay. Well, with her accent and a toddler, it almost sounded like Charles. So I wasn't sure. No, it was John. She calls him John multiple times, and that's talking true. about how he was a student of hers. I mean, that's kind of a an interesting reveal. I didn't think he was actually 170 years old. I mean, I guess on a show about cloning, it might be possible, but it seemed very far-fetched, especially with yeah. the record of Westmoreland's death and yeah, that whole gap of time. It definitely seemed like a fraudulent thing. I feel like that was supposed to be a huge reveal at the end, like when... Um, when Ira gives Kasima the envelope of the picture with, you know, Susan and Westmoreland yeah. in the old... But it, it didn't feel that epic i guess because i always figured that he was a fraud i don't know what you guys thought about that yeah it didn't feel that epic either because well and earlier in the episode um when susan calls him john you know do you remember who i am yeah but no one else does and the myth is important right the legend is important so like seeing the picture of them together when they were younger like she already said she knew him so it didn't feel as big as it could have been yeah it and also like if we had his seen that picture be- didn't look like him to me so yeah and i feel like if we had seen the picture before the reveal from susan it might have just it might have been a bigger moment but it doesn't i mean it doesn't really take away from it necessarily because there's still the 
obviously the emotion of everyone on the island finding out like, oh, wait, he's not 170. And for them, it was a big reveal because they didn't know because they're not the audience actually watching the show. But I thought, I mean, it was, what was Susan's line? I, I took zero notes on this show, so I apologize. But um, when she said something about fiction, like... Finance and fiction, um, like, create the patriarchy or something? Yeah, or she sub- said, like, yeah, it's, yes. it's all based on finance and fiction. That's how the patriarchy works. Yeah. And I thought right. that was interesting because, like, you guys have said on on this show in the past that this ap- or this season, this, you know, this final trip or whatever has ha- is about kind of like combating the patriarchy and really wanting to stand up against it. And so I found it interesting that she actually used those words verbatim to say, that's exactly how this works. And if you want to maintain this patriarchy that you've established on this island, then you need to keep up the myth. But it seems like Westmoreland is getting so desperate that he's letting his guys slip. Right. Sorry, Lynette just sent me the most random non sequitur. <laughs> um, she's about ready to get on here. Oh, okay, cool. Random Lynette. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, I'm really glad uh, that Susan pointed that out. And it's been pointed out a few other times, a little bit more quietly. But um, yeah, the the creators um, did say that it's going that it's like this season is about trying to dismantle the patriarchy. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And I think we saw that in the episode where Cosima and Delphine go to dinner too, right? Like with Cosima yeah. dressing up in a tuxedo just to be like, hey, fuck you guys. Yeah. Uh, because he wants to have his nice fancy dress dinner. I mean, he seems to be all about the facade. And I think the fact that he's letting his facade slip is really just indicative of how desperate he is and how bad his situation is. Because if he's on dialysis and he's not looking good, like he looks no, disheveled yeah. as shit. He is not in a good way right now. And you can tell he's like, he's grasping at straws. Right. I didn't and think like, he was on dialysis though. I thought he was, um, wasn't it, it was like parabiosis or something like that. He was using kids blood. Yeah. He there was, was that as well. Uh, okay. Yeah. What he, what he's doing is he's filtering out his blood and replacing it with essentially the blood of virgins. Cause apparently he's, Elizabeth Bathroy and bathing in the blood of virgins is going to somehow keep him immortally young. Um, which that doesn't work. No. Uh, uh-uh. that's, I mean, that's been done a lot. Um, drinking, drinking young blood, having it infused to you, bathing it, um, now that you draw comparisons between Westmoreland and what you're describing as a vampire. Yeah, Elizabeth Bathory is one of the original mythologies behind vampirism. So it makes me wonder if they styled his hair into such a bouffant to evoke uh, subtly the <laughs> Dracula, who also kind of had a bouffant hair doozy. Um, Whether yeah, it's intentional cool. or not, it totally works for me. Yeah, it does. Especially with all the, like, blood draining and him using the blood of others to keep himself young and immortal. Like, it's a, it's a total, they're trying to, they're trying to bring in modern, not mythological vampirism into their sci-fi show. Like, sure, vamps are popular. Uh, go ahead and try it. Let's see how this works. 
I think it's a cool concept. I mean, scientifically, it's absolute bullshit, but... (laughs) Even with fake science, it's bullshit. Even with fake science, it's bullshit. Like, even on a show where I accept that clones exist, I'm like, no, infusing young young blood into yourself is not going to help your organs. It's just not. I mean... There are such things as like, you know, over oxygenating your blood and whatever, but it's not going to do enough to actually keep you alive. Yeah, it's not the same as like gene therapy. Exactly. Which also isn't going to keep you alive. Right. It might prolong your life or be able to help certain conditions. Yeah, maybe. Definitely. But like keeping you alive if your problem is just that you're old. Yeah. It's it's not going to work. I mean, it like, seems like he has some other disease or something that he's trying to cure as well. But I think the longevity study that he's trying to implement is is just... It doesn't seem like they're even close. No, they're nowhere near what he wants. And I don't think... Speaking of being close, Virginia is nowhere near close to curing Castor. No. Um, no. And she wouldn't um, yeah. need to be with all of them dead. Like, why would she still be trying to find a cure for Ira? Because Ira is the only one left, right? Yeah, so yeah. why would she cure him? She doesn't even like him. Well, she yeah, was, because I, she was just lying to, I mean, she was lying to get his, him to, you know, to, to try and turn him against Susan. Well, I mean, I believe I that maybe but, she would still want to look for a cure if it helped the science that she was trying to do on the island for Westmoreland. And maybe those two things are linked. Like, maybe helping find a cure for the clones and knowing what went wrong and why the casters glitch, maybe fixing that could help with future clone studies. So I guess I could see her still looking for a cure, but I don't think it's out of the goodness of her heart. I mean, I do in a weird perverse way. I believe that Virginia Cody does care about the caster clones. I believe that she does treat them like sons, but also like science experiments, right? Kind of like the Duncans with Rachel. I actually believe that, they loved Rachel and like I believe that Virginia Cody loved her sons but also she definitely wanted to harness their potential and also she's not above using them to rape and sterilize women which is not super cool in my book and that's good to know (laughs) yeah that should not be cool in anybody's book just as a for the record in case I needed to clarify raping and sterilizing women against their will not okay with me right so obviously Virginia Cody is willing to go to lengths that even Susan Duncan, who is morally questionable at best, is not willing to go to. Right. Um, and I, I like the I'm morally sure. questionable at best in the same episode where she's like, I should have killed her. <laughs> so morally questionable. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Hi, Lynette. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you guys? Good. Welcome yeah. back. Sorry I'm late. No problem. Doctors can be stupid sometimes. Um, so the biggest epiphany from the episode from so far is my epiphany handed to me by my sestra is that Cal is the dyad inside man. Cal is? That's the new theory going forward. That is Okay. That is a working theory because he has disappeared and it would give him a reason to come back onto the show with a purpose and not just being like, here I am for because cute. Nope. I guess we already talked about Crystal, huh? Because wow, no, yeah. not really. Yeah, not really. Not yet. We've been talking about the island. Oh, OK. Um, oh, good. 
But I liked I liked how last episode, speaking of the island, with Cosima, we found out that her parents live on a houseboat and they're professors and all this. And then this episode, she's like, I grew up on boats. I know how to do this. I know. So I, I, I like that they gave it to us last week so that this week when Cosima rescues herself from the island with a boat, it's not like, really? It's like, oh, okay, you grew up on houseboats. <laughs> It's like, no, this actually makes sense. Those are the kinds of details that I really like in Orphan Black, right? Like, it all kind of ties together. I mean, what do we think about Cosima in this episode? Because I feel like, what is Westmoreland trying to accomplish keeping her in a cage? Is he just angry with her? And so he's like, let her rot? Or does he plan to use her? Because she obviously has one of the most advanced brains on the island or whatever like she's a very useful tool and it seems maybe it's just another indication of his desperation that he's not willing to put her to use but it seems like keeping her locked in a cage is really antithetical to his entire purpose i think he was keeping her caged until cody got there because he thought cody was going to be able to convince her okay to be a part of the science I mean, I guess that makes sense, but he he just kind of seemed like, because when Susan Duncan was like, we need to use Cosima, we need to let her be in on this, he was like, no, fuck her. Hello? Hi, I'm... Hi. Something happened, oh. but I'm back. Hello? Jan- Janice? So, I, so okay. I missed what, San, what Sandra said. What did you think? Did you think he was... Why did you think he was treating her the way he was? Well, I, I don't know if he was actually like because it makes sense what Liz was saying that he would want to keep her caged until Cody could get to her till Cody could talk to her and try to convince her and try to maybe like convert her over to their side. But it almost seemed like it was just out of like petulant rage that he was keeping her in a cage because when he was talking to Susan Duncan about Cosima and when Susan was trying to convince him to let Cosima be part of things and to let, you know, let her do what she does and actually study some of the science he was like no she can stay in that cage and she she's just we're not gonna let her out so it almost seemed like he just had a petulant grudge because she wouldn't see things his way and because she stood up to him and i don't think he's used to people standing up to him it seems like he very much wants to be oppressive and he very much wants to uphold the patriarchy right like it's it's not so thinly veiled right especially women he doesn't want women standing up to him exactly no not at all I think you're right when you say it's not thinly veiled, and that's why I had a problem with Susan's line about the patriarchy, because it felt like too fine a point on it, as though they didn't trust the audience could work it out. It was pretty on the nose, for sure. But I think, I don't know, It, I kind of like the way they're acting. Like, I think lines like that might take me out of the moment of the show a little bit, but I kind of, I like the message that they're going for. I think it's really cool. I don't know if it's... Like, I don't know if it should be a little more subtle um, just because they're basically like, fuck the patriarchy. They might as well just have like a scroll on the top of the screen, <laughs> right? That's just like, this is what the season's about, just to let you know. But I like the way that they're using that theme and letting the characters work out what that means because I feel like everyone is reacting to that sort of message in a very different way. Even Allison, I know it's not this episode, but even Allison, like, going off on her own and Donnie supporting her and, you know, doing what she needs to do. I feel like they're all kind of finding their footing, which is something we need to see the clones do. I'm not sure that it's, that it's fair to say that that's the theme of this season. Cause it's always felt like the show is about autonomy and body autonomy. 
Yeah, that's true. Throughout the throughout its whole run, which is one of the reasons why we enjoy it most of the time. I think they're just being so on the nose about it this season, especially with some of the stuff with Kira too. And maybe exactly, I was about to bring up Kira. Yeah. Um, like with Kira choosing to go with Rachel originally, but in this episode, we see that, you know, now that Sarah and Mrs. S have let Kira in and they're actually being honest with Kira. And I mean, even though she's what, like seven or something, she's a very smart girl. And you can tell that she's very aware of her surroundings and she's very aware of what's going on. And I'm so glad to see them treating her like a human. Like she's actually able to make her own decisions. Not that they're going to let her be on her own and do anything she wants like she's an adult she's still a little girl she still needs to be taken care of but they're letting her in on the secrets i think one of my favorite moments was actually when sarah's putting on the wig to try and pretend to be crystal and i know we'll get to that but just doing that in front of kira and having kira laugh about it and just she feels so a part of things now. So when she was made to be sick so that they could pretend that she's ill and can't go to Dyad today because they kind of f- found out the plot, right? Like they found out that they have ulterior motives for Kira, disgusting ulterior motives for her. And I like the fact that they let Kira in on that and they explained to her why they don't want her to go to Dyad. And they gave her all the information and Kira made the decision that, yeah, she will go along with this and she will swallow Ipecac and she will pee in that man's shoe. And, I know. I love that. <laughs> and that was her choice. That wasn't like Sarah holding her head back and like saying like, no, I'm going to make you sick against her will. She was obviously very complicit. Yeah. Um, and really good aim there. Yeah. <laughs> right on the shoe. And I liked the look on Rachel's face when he told Rachel because she emptied the contents of her stomach onto my shoe. And she was like, wait, what? That what? Yeah. Like, that was just perfect. Well, and they kind of had me at first. I was like, is she actually sick? Did Dyad make her sick? What's going on? Like, because it just it didn't click for me. I, I wasn't watching it going like, oh, I bet that like I actually liked the fact that I kind of wondered if Diet had done something, even though everything we've seen from Diet is just cutting fingernails and taking a little bit of blood or whatever. At first I was like, did she get sick from her infection from being cut? I, my first thought was, wow, her superpower is puking on demand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, I didn't think she was really sick, but I didn't think that they would go as far as, Ipecac. Like, I just, I literally thought just, like, some people can cry on command. I thought Kara could puke on command. (laughs) Which some people can, so I mean. Right, like, oh, her superpower is being able to barf. Fantastic. Let's never use that again. Um... I did like how you could tell that Mr. Frontenac, is that his name? Yes, yes, yes. Um, you could tell he was doubtful that she was actually sick because, you know, he felt her forehead and said, well, she doesn't have a fever, so it seems like she's probably okay. And I like the fact that Kira was like, no, I want to go. Like, I want to go to Dyad. I, obviously, yes. I want to go see Rachel. And yeah. then she pukes on him. So yeah. yeah. Like, she was totally in on it. And she was a good, like, oh, smart girl. It's amazing what happens when you actually communicate with another human what needs to happen and don't try to have everything be secret and maybe you can actually accomplish things. Clones. Yeah, but if but if everybody in every piece of literature or entertainment ever actually communicated, everything would be five minutes long. 
Oh, obviously. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it's a study in, you know, one of the things we've said about the show is like, why don't the clones just talk to each other? Maybe they could accomplish a lot more. I feel like this is like, no, they're actually talking to each other and communicating and things are actually happening, which is nice to see for once. Yeah. I, re- I really like that. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, okay. Island burned down. Um, well, it's Susan, burning. Yeah, it's burning. Uh, Susan appears to not be alive, and Ira was bleeding, so he's he's on his way out. Uh, that covers the island, correct? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, can I just say that scene at the end when he discovers Susan? That gave me that tugged at my heartstrings a whole lot. I never thought that I would actually feel sympathy for a caster clone. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, I've always had a little more sympathy for Ira than I think most people did. Just, I don't know why he was always super creepy, but there was just yeah. something about him that's always been very childlike. And he seems very pure in his intentions, which yes. some of the casters were obviously not right. Um, it's, Almost like, I mean, I kind of had sympathy for Mark, too, because Mark was one of the casters that I I felt like he actually had good intentions. And especially when he ended up helping out the Lita clones and everything, that was nice. But Ira, Ira's just such a different character as opposed to the rest of the casters. He didn't grow up with them. He was removed from caster, obviously. Susan Duncan took him and made him into the new Rachel that she also decided to sleep with, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which it's it's a little strange to sleep with your essentially son but i guess that you're related your science experiment uh, an- another, another experiment. one of sandra's observations a little weird to sleep with your son. <laughs> <laughs> she has she has amazing observations i love her little observations um i'm just saying but i felt when ira started glitching i think was it last week that we saw him glitch for the first yeah. time yes i just i went oh shit because I really yeah. didn't want that for him. And you kind of know it's coming, right? You know that it's a possibility. You know it's going to happen. You know the rest of the casters are are gone as far as we know. We don't. We never actually saw Mark die. But I think when he was with And Grace, Cody he, never completely answered either this episode. Right. So, I mean, there might still be. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there's another caster out there. It, there could be. But it seems like they're on their last legs because once you start glitching you go pretty quickly right and all of them have developed this it's not quite like the Lita clones because like we've never seen Allison develop symptom- symptoms of the clone sumption right? um, and Rachel I don't think has ever shown symptoms of being sick and there are others who've never shown symptoms of being sick it seems like all of the casters were going down this route yeah. and maybe it's just all of the casters that we saw but all of the casters that we saw are kind of all of the casters since they all live together and we thought that, you know, Ira was kind of the last one and he was different. And there was just something about his innocence that I just kind of ended up loving in the end. And his love for Susan was so pure and tragic to me that him discovering her dead as he was dying, like, I teared up a little. I really did. And I never thought I would ever, like, shed an almost Boy's tear for, a for his mother. <laughs> well, my, my yeah. thing with Ira is when he got less... Pure is when I started liking him a little bit more, like his his little joke to Rachel last week and being devious towards the end of the season 
and stuff like that. Yes, he's always loved Susan, and that's always been creepy and intense and, and all that. But with season three, anytime a caster came on the screen, I, like, was filled with rage. And it's because... <laughs> It's because of their face. And that's so <laughs> not nice. And I get that. But like, it's just something about them, the way they were portrayed. But Ira, this season has given me less rage. And so I was a little sad to see him go. It would have been nice to have like one caster survive um, just to, to prevent them from being such a tragic story so that I don't have to feel bad for the rest of them. Um <laughs> But I think it goes a lot to what a good actor Ari is that I can go from like wanting to punch something every time I see his face to not because of Ira. And so um, I think that he deserves a little bit of credit for that, which is not something I thought I would say when Castor appeared on the scene. Um, I mean, this really is quite the admission from you because I know how much you hate the caster clones. So really it, it is kind of, kind of a testament, right? To like, he's he's a really good actor, and so which is not something I ever thought I would say. But and because he has such an iconic face that if he's any and anything else ever, he's going to be a caster clone. Mm-hmm. Like just when I see him, it's going to be like, oh, that's the casters from Orphan Black. I don't care what he is right now. He's a caster clone. Like, casters now live in this universe. Like, he's just going to be that person. That's Uh, one of the glories of playing a clone, though, right? Like, whenever Tatiana Maslany is in something, you can't help but see her as Tatiana Maslany, but you don't see her as Sarah, or you don't see her as Kasima. Like, you don't see Ari Millen as Ira, or Mark, or Seth, or Rudy, or whoever else, right? Like, I can't believe I just I remember that of, many names of Caster of, Clones. I'm very proud of you. I kind of see him as Ira. Okay, see, I always see him as Mark. If I see him... I barely just... remember Mark. You're, all these <laughs> other names, I, I, I'm trying to think back to them, and I think I blocked them all out. Because for me, Caster was always emblematic of a very troubled season of wheel spinning and plot threads hanging and unlikable characters and just so much frustration that I, I never warmed to, to Caster, even though I, on its surface, I'd have no problems with the idea of male clones or his performance. It's, it was just, it was all of it. It was all of season three being just a mess. Agreed. Um, okay, so we've covered the island. Lynette, do you have anything to say? No. Okay. So, like, Crystal has a vlog, and Oh my god, I bet she just has, like, the most fierce beauty tips ever. And on, like, where to get, like, the best product and the best applicators for, like, a totally good price. Um, And I bet she's she's gonna make sure that they're organic because Big Cosmetics doesn't want you to know the chemicals that they're putting in these things. But seriously, you guys, it is horrible. Just trust me. There are so many better options out there. So, like, I mean, obviously, (laughs) follow Crystal's advice. I'm I'm jealous that she has more YouTube subscribers than we do. And like, I bet that like totally. She is, like, super encouraging to, like, all of her fans. Like, if they send in with, like, a, oh, I can't do this, I'm sure she's just like, oh, my God, sweetie, like, let me show you. This is fantastic. And she is just so encouraging and loving of people expressing themselves through, like, the beauty and total art that is makeup. 
Well, especially the ones who don't speak English because it's like so cute. That's right. I almost went on the. I almost went and searched for on YouTube. <laughs> oh my gosh, they they need to do a spinoff series actually of just crystal vlogs. I would totally watch those. They oh could my make God. Money. I would. I would actually learn how to do uh, a smoky eye if I got to learn it from Crystal. Yeah, and conquering, um, and I'd actually pay attention. Right or like, um, God, what's something else I can't do with makeup? Everything. But like, yeah, I was gonna say I am hopeless when it comes to makeup. Like, like, I don't know, like eyeliner or something. Like, I would totally learn to do a cat eye from Crystal. Like, because I feel like once I got it, she would be like proud. Like, you would tweet her and be like, "Oh my god, I totally finally got it!" And she would be like, "Yes, girl, you did." Like, she would be like so encouraging. I feel like she would be. She'd be very supportive of everyone's makeup journey. Okay, so we need to like go and petition the orphan black people and say, Crystal needs her own channel. Mm-hmm. Right, and I could just see Tatiana Maslani right now going, do I have to figure out how to do all this makeup myself? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the trick, right? Like, well, that's that's where you can do some editing. Like, you know, you don't have to show her actually doing it. You can, you know, show close-ups of her hands or whatever. I'm just curious because, of course, like from a production standpoint, I'm like, who's editing their YouTube videos? Because they're very clearly edited because there are the jump cuts and whatnot. And can you see Crystal sitting down at a computer editing YouTube videos? I mean, I guess I kind of can. And she must do it. Like, someone does. I totally can because she had, like, the whole, like spy setup and like let me send you the password so you can get in on this oh that's true like, crystal is techie she really she is. is yeah like my whole point that i've been making this Secret season is genius. how is how smart all of the clones are even if they're not kasima and you know genius geneticists like they are all incredibly intelligent and gifted in their ways and like Crystal is just as smart as the rest of them. She just happens to really like beauty products. And Which is amazing. Like the valley. Yeah. Um. No, I thought her vlog situation is just incredible. It's very interesting to me too, though, because if she has, I mean, not like 50,000 subscribers, it's like everyone in the world is going to know who Crystal is, right? But I just think it's interesting that she's on YouTube. She's like a YouTube celeb of sorts, like a smaller time YouTube celeb, but people are going to see her face. What if people what see her face and then see all of the other clones' faces? It's just always that interesting, like, how do people not realize that this is going on? Although I guess there are enough people that look sort of similar in real life that you just assume it's someone else. I mean, even Crystal, when she looked at Sarah the first time, was like, she doesn't look anything like me. Well, and she called Sarah the Australian chick today. Yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah. And when Allison's mom met Cosima, she was like, oh, no, she's mulatto. Like, yeah. people don't want to see what's right in front of them. And honestly, like, I have a shirt with Sarah, Cosima, Allison, and Helena on it, and it does not look like clones. It looks like four separate people. I always forget that Tatiana Maslany also plays Allison. I always forget that Tatiana Maslany always plays Kasima. <laughs> Just putting this out there, uh, there is a website called twinstrangers.net, which allows you to find your facial twin. Oh, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. 
It's really cool. I've looked through their site and like the people they find are like, no, you guys are lying. They're actual identical twins that were born from the same uterus. And it's like, no, she's from Russia and I'm from Washington. That's amazing. (laughs) We had it one time I was on the beach with a friend and this was when I was in high school. It was ages ago. But um, so we were with my friend and her cousin and there was another girl on the beach that looked seriously just like her cousin and they were wearing the same bathing suit and I got a picture of the two of them and it is bizarre because they actually look like they could be identical twins. They're dressed alike. We didn't know this girl at all. It was it was very strange. So it actually happens in real life. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I also love that Crystal is a horny insider. Crystal's um, inside scoops. Like, how does she stumble onto this stuff? She's actually so that. smart and doesn't realize what she knows because she still thinks the conspiracy is big cosmetics, which is just another reason to love Crystal, right? She's not in on the whole thing. She's not in on the clip. Like, how does... She, what was the final explanation as to, like... Because they told her, right? They told her about the clones? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, okay. And she believe it. Yeah. But no, honestly, I, like... I think big cosmetics is a part of it. Well, I think it is because, I mean, the guy who is developing that skin cream or whatever, her, you know, fuck buddy, if you're developing a dermal delivery system for these genes, big cosmetics actually does play a part because they're trying to use a cosmetic formula to deliver gene therapy. So it actually turns out that Crystal, in her way, stumbled on something when she thought she was going after the Swedish neolutionists or whatever. Right. Um, And yeah, she is just... God, she is so fun. She's such a good character, and I feel like she's underutilized. Maybe it's good that she's not in every episode just because when we do get a good Crystal episode, it's really good. Because I don't know, like, I enjoyed all the Crystal stuff this time. And her insisting on being the interrogator and, you know, sneaking out, sneaking away from Scott as, you know, Brie distracted him with her feminine wiles or whatever, (laughs) which was too funny. Like, subtle as a brick there, Brie. But, um... (laughs) Like, I mean, I like Crystal sneaking out and taking initiative because that's always her thing, right? Like, she was treated badly for a while. She was treated badly by men. She was treated badly by a lot of people. So Crystal went out and learned self-defense. Crystal went out, started a vlog. Crystal went out and decided that she was going to get the information from this Len guy. And she's not going to be mistreated and she's not going to be pushed around anymore. And so in her way, I think Crystal's one of the most inspirational characters on Orphan Black. Right. No, she is perfect. And yet she's still just super fun. Hey, hey fun fact here uh, that the guy who Crystal need in the scrotum uh, is actually Tatiana Maslany's real life boyfriend. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I yeah. thought he looked really familiar. I thought he did too, but I thought it was, is this an actor I've seen somewhere else? But that makes sense. He's, uh, he was, um, the, where I knew him from is um, on Downton Abbey. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think okay. of him as Lord Tony Gillingham. That's the character he played on Downton Abbey. Yeah, okay. I knew he looked familiar, but I wouldn't have come up with it, so thank so you. It says here in this article that they met on the set of a miniseries called World Without End. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. Yeah, I think we talked about that series, like, at the beginning of this whole thing, didn't we? I think so, Yeah. When we were talking about other things our girl has been in. Mm-hmm. So Crystal was... 
And I love the fact that they're in her ear like, oh my god, quit fucking him and ask him questions. I know. I will say, though, to be fair, why not? True. I mean, mean, he might be more willing to talk after he gets off. Exactly. I'm just saying, just because they don't want to watch her have sex with him doesn't mean that she shouldn't have sex with him. I don't see why she shouldn't. I mean, the honeypot works for a reason. Like, it is a staple for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Like, I think her tactics were fine. I don't think she knew what questions to ask. I think that was the flaw in the plan, was that, you know, Crystal is not the best at these interrogation techniques. I think Sarah would have been much better at it. But I, th- I just found it a little hypocritical of Sarah to be like, no, I know. <laughs> don't, don't try and get in his pants just to, like... Have you met Paul? You? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, have you met you and everything you did in seasons one through now? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and I get it. Like, I get that they just they really want the information. They want the information now. Um, Sarah's having to let go of control a little bit. They're having to trust Crystal, which yeah, Crystal's not 100% in on everything, so it's kind of sketchy, and they don't really know how she's going to do. Like, I get why they're like, no, just get the information and get out of there. But also, a bit hypocritical of Sarah, of all people. Well, I just love how Crystal just comes out and says it. You know, Diad bought your company, just like that. They wanted her to Yeah, they tell her to be subtle, and then she just says it. I know, it's just perfect. Loved it. Which is why I understand them not trusting her with these types of interrogations. Like, I was actually a little surprised that the guy didn't go, something's up here. But apparently he just, he really wanted to get in Crystal, so. Well, yeah, and I have a feeling that that's just how Crystal is. True. Like, I feel like that wasn't a surprise for him. I mean, she is definitely oh. an oversharer, for sure. Yeah. As we saw when she was working at the at the salon and, like, doing Felix's nails and everything, how she was willing to tell him everything about her life. Right. So that's that's a fair point. Oh, I miss Felix. I do too. I like that Felix and Adele are off on an adventure, though. I want an episode that's just that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I could handle a whole episode of Adele, though. Oh, I could. <laughs> Adele's kind of a lot. I hated her at first, but I've come around to Adele. I actually like Adele quite a lot now. In a, in I thought it. I, I loved when she like you know got the clone thing, and she's just like clones, huh? Whatever. Have a well, drink. In a way, she's a lot like Crystal. There's no real filter there. She just says what's on her mind, and it all just kind of spills out without any kind of subtlety or nuance. But in a show that is just chock a block with conspiracy and uh, you never know, really know where someone's allegiance is. To have something just very um, brusque. Something genuine. Is, and genuine is refreshing. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, I think. And <laughs> I find the interaction between, like, I'm kind of wondering what Brie is going to think of all of this. Because she obviously doesn't know everything about it. Like, she thinks that she's been poisoned or whatever, even though she's a klepto and put on face cream that, that she, she really stole. Should- that she stole and that's why her hair fell out like how did that never occur to her (laughs) that maybe this new product that i stole and is untested maybe that was a poor plan (laughs) but i mean i also get that she didn't want to tell crystal what she had done but also can i just say in the vlog when they're like oh this effortless party look that is not effortless tying your hair up in those little bendy straws that takes time i used to curl my hair with rags it's time consuming it is yeah it takes 
Forever. They're liars. Forever. A, yeah, I did it one time for a Halloween party to get ringlets, and man, it took all day. It seemed like a couple mm-hmm. hours. Product. And then I have, I have, I have super like thin, fine, straight hair. So, like five seconds after I take everything out, like my hair is straight again. So just, I give up. Yeah, there needs to be a lot of hairspray involved for my hair too, or it just it's all over. But, um, but I, I don't know. I found Bree's role in this show pretty funny too. Just her interactions with Scott, and you could tell Scott like really wanted to go there, but also didn't want to want to go there. Mm-hmm. Because Scott's been in a basement a whole lot, and yeah. <laughs> He doesn't get much interaction with females, it seems, that aren't clones or, like, Kira, which that would be creepy. So, obviously, like, he's, he's like, wait, a girl is paying attention to me. This is exciting. And it was kind of nice to see Scott in that role. Like, I really, really like him as a character. Yes. Um, I love Scott, and I like seeing him grow. And just that whole whole bit with... Uh, Brie and Crystal and Crystal's like Brie take off your shirt I'm gonna leave right <laughs> like Crystal's distract like, him with the up. boobs like <sighs> um, but Scott wasn't quite dumb because he he like immediately went for Crystal like he was like this is too much Crystal oh shit right I mean it's not like he thought he had to block the door or something but right. It just, it cracked me up when she's like, my hair is really fragile, so I need help taking off my sweater. Like, seriously? Seriously? That's the best you can come up with? Like, that arch, like, really? Like, that's a little much? You're supposed to be kind of subtle. But I think Crystal and Brie and subtlety, not really a trio we're going to see anytime soon. And I'm totally okay with it. Same here. I love it. Um, all right. Does anybody else have any closing points? I think the levity of Crystal and Brie and the shenanigans with the cosmetics and everything, I think that did well to balance out the heaviness of what we saw on the island because it seemed like a show that was very segmented, right? Like the yeah. island stuff was incredibly intense and it, it got to me for sure. And if it were, if it were just the island with kind of a normal subplot, I think it would have been one of those episodes that was still very good, but but weighty, I guess, in a way. Everything has been so weighty this season. Um, and also, I feel like I feel like Crystal and the cosmetic stuff is going to be so important really soon. It's going to be the linchpin of the whole thing. Like, I really feel like when you're watching like an ep- a new episode of something and they're like, hey, remember this thing from season one? Yes, why? I feel like that's what this was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And I think it's going to end up being more important than any of us would have thought. Like, I mean, when we first met Crystal, obviously, we didn't think that she would become this super important clone. But Crystal cracked the case this week. And I love the use of her being able to do that kind of thing. It's it's a role that we we expect her to just be comedy and we expect her to just be levity and we expect her to just be fun and an aside and another character. But I think she's incredibly important to the story. And I hope that this isn't the last we see of Crystal. I want her to stay involved in it. Agreed. And I hope we find out that maybe some of the other clones have been doing little uprisings mm-hmm. like that we're that not aware of that would seem like really small that like, Dyad wouldn't even like have looked into 
that when crystal stuff breaks open, like it all like comes together. Yeah, I think that would be very cool. What do you guys think of Kira being taken away at the end? I'm not happy with that. And I don't like the fact. So Kira is too young to have started puberty. So they're going to force her into puberty to harvest her eggs. And like as soon as they said hormone treatments, I was raging. Oh, yeah. So pissed. So pissed. After all the autonomy that Kira's gotten this season and after her making her own decisions and they're going to force her to start hormone treatments. Oh, boy, is that not OK? So they can Another take observation furries, like they tried to okay. do to her mom. Yeah. Like, no not so, okay yeah like I'm, I'm pretty raging about that and you know Rachel saying it's going to be a sleep study totally benign yeah bullshit it's going to be <laughs> a sleep study that's totally benign and the previews for the next episode I won't say what's in them but it looks to not be totally benign and I'm not happy about it so yeah it's every every once in a while I feel a little bit of sympathy for Rachel like it, it seems like she really has changed and I, I'm kind of wondering like how Rachel's going to react to this whole Westmoreland thing, because it seems like she was genuinely believing him and believing like that he had their best interests in mind and was, you know, going to save them and be the savior of the clones and all of that. And now obviously with the reveal that he was just Susan's student, he was a precocious rich prick who was in her class and ended up starting this whole Neolution thing. Like with that reveal, Rachel's going to have to process that and she's going to have to actually like kind of come to terms with that. And I don't think we necessarily saw her reaction in full in this episode. So that'll be something for next week. Yes. Well, I, agreed. I think, yeah. I think that when Mrs. S said it's going to come to, you're going to need is Rachel. I think that's kind of setting that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That interaction with Mrs. S and Rachel was interesting for sure. Yeah. I always feel like Mrs. S is like a second away from just stabbing her in the face. Uh. <laughs> and I wouldn't be sad if it happened. Or just like just like throwing a punch, like okay, I did it. I'm sorry. I'm 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 good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Like, um. All right. So I think we've covered everything. Okay. So let's start off with quotes. Um, Sastra, do you have a quote you remember? Um, I do because that was the one thing I wrote down about this episode, and it was. I should talk to him. He's my source. You and that Australian girl are going to, like, mess the whole thing up. <laughs> <sighs> that was great. Um, Lynette, do you have a quote for us? I have several of them, so I'm going to try to pick the one that everybody else... Not to pick the one everybody else is going to do. So uh, the one I'm going to do is, Bree, nobody goes crystal. Scott, it's difficult at first, but you get used to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wrote that one down, too. <laughs> that one was good. Um, and he just looks so nonplussed, too. He's like, oh, you get used to it. Yeah. Oh, did I Poor say that Scott. out loud? Right? <laughs> uh, Matt. Oh, stop. <clears throat> oh, boy. I've spoken in a while. I had to clear my throat. Oh, stop it. Oh, stop it. You're making me You're making me wet, and I'm super mad at you. I am. Diet <laughs> is a bad corporate citizen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> And your evil corporate source just turns you on too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Janice? Uh, another crystal quote. She's been poisoned by big cosmetics. What about that is confusing? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. So I, I have two quotes. Um, but one of them kind of isn't a quote. But I have two quotes. 
my one quote is Charlotte looking at Cosima like completely earnestly. I can't swim. <laughs> I genuinely forgot Charlotte was in this episode. Um, like, I just love the fact that she's like, this is a boat and that's the ocean. And I don't know how to feel about that. And I can't swim. Oh, poor girl. Um, and then my other, it's not really a quote, but it was one of my favorite moments from the episode. Um, but I'm going to call it a quote was Kira puking on his shoes. <laughs> it was like, quite, it, I guess the quote could be. Bleh. Yeah. Like it came out of her mouth. So I'm going to call it a quote. But I just there was like, sound involved. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. Words. No, but I want to go see Rachel. <laughs> like it was just so perfect. Um, favorite. Oh, does anybody else have any backup quotes they want to share? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah, did Crystal fall ass backwards into something big again? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yes, she did. <laughs> Oh yes, it Everyone. started at the end when after we when we see that Susan is dying and the R is glitchy and Charlotte looks up at Casima and says, "I don't think they're coming." That made me very sad. Yes. Mm. Yeah. The the line of Crystal is where she's you know what what's so difficult to understand. It, it's this is me trying to explain comedy, but uh, I really I like how the. The other characters underestimate Crystal at every turn, and she thinks she's the smartest person in the room. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and the dynamic neither, is perfectly played. Thing is true, right? But it's hilarious how they they are just uh, they are opposed in their viewpoints. Neither it's is all true, based on the wrong assumptions. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, no, it's perfect. That the characters make about each other, and those assumptions play off each other to great comedic effect. Yes. Um, all right. So, Sestra, favorite scene? That's tricky because there are so, like, the end scene with the burning of the island and finding out that Aisha has died, which we didn't even talk about. And all of that was very powerful for me. And Ira discovering Susan was kind of perfectly tragic. But also the scenes where Crystal is fucking the guy at, or wanting to and Sarah and Art have to watch on the surveillance was perfect. So I can't choose between like the really weighty emotion of kind of a perfect tragedy and Crystal trying to have sex with someone she's also trying to interrogate. Like I just can't choose. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like that's a really good dichotomy of this episode. Um, Lynette. I wish Alessandra just said exactly what I was thinking. I mean, so I picked the crystal, the crystal and the guy, or is his name Sim? Len? Len. Yeah. Leonard Sip. Picked that scene, but yeah, I agree. It was really hard to pick it, one scene that was stood out more than the others. So. All right. Um, Matt? I liked watching the village burn. Not only because that means we don't have to spend any more time there, but also it's nice to see these people liberated. They were, they they were hopeful, but they were also suckers, and now they have seen the truth, or glimpsed the truth in some respect, and now they are actually free to go about making choices for themselves, and that's satisfying to see. It felt like we we reached a real turning point in the season. 
I just wish it had happened like two episodes prior. Yeah. <laughs> you could okay. tell that there was uprising going on too. And I wish we had seen more of that earlier on the season because I think the woman whose son had died and then finding out like after Aisha dies, all of the uprising I think was really interesting. Was everybody as worried as I was that Cassie was going to lose her cure? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, it was scary. All right. I was, um, I was surprised that people believed her. I mean, even people tend not to want to believe things that they've been holding dear for a long time. True. It also surprised me. I don't mm-hmm. know if they would have believed her yesterday. Like but in their world, dying. Yeah. but with people dying, like with the two kids dying yeah. and that being kind of why they were all gathered anyway, was like they were weeping over the deaths of these children that were supposed to be cured. Like they were supposed to be there for the fountain and the fountain wasn't working. Mm. So I think they were already kind of on edge. And then to have that big reveal from Kasima kind of pushed them over the edge. Yeah. So I think the timing was kind of perfect for the reveal for the Islanders. I think right. if it had come from a different character, I would have believed it a little bit more. Mm. That's fair, because they don't necessarily trust Kasima. Right. Well, and I think that's why um, What's It gave her the picture. Ira? Yeah, that one. Um, gave her the picture, so she had proof with her. Um, right. But, okay, so Janice, what was your favorite scene? Um, well, uh, the, everything people mentioned so far was really great. So I will... Um, I will use the, or say the scene between Kasima and Mud, where Mud is telling, giving her history. Yeah, I'm nobody. I'm a junkie, or I couldn't even, couldn't even do my, you know, do my own right. death right. Just that. Whoa, she was really opening up. That was yeah, powerful. Talk about another character I didn't expect to have sympathy for at the beginning of the season. Right. right. I'm just a girl from Seattle. Yeah. Um. And so, okay, so my favorite scene was Kasima kind of encouraging them to revolt and everything. And it, the reason it's my favorite scene, where she was just telling them, like, I just want to leave. Just let me go. He's not who he says he is. All of that. The reason it was my favorite is because I thought they were going to kill her and they didn't. And so Kasima lives another day. And then. <laughs> Huzzah! Because, like, every time something sort of happens near her, I'm like, well, fuck, this is where Kasima dies. And so, like, she didn't die in this episode when I thought she was about to, so I'm very happy. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why it's my favorite scene. Um, Sestra, who is your favorite clone and non-clone? My favorite clone is Crystal. Oh my god, no way. I know, right? Like, she was just so incredibly, like, inspirational, you guys. And I just felt like she went on such a journey in this episode. And I mean, like, she had heartbreak, you guys. Like, Lynn was a total liar. I mean, what an asshole. Seriously, it was just not okay. And my favorite non-clone is tricky. But I... I was almost going to say Ira, but he's a clone. Um... Maybe Siobhan? I really liked Siobhan in this episode. She wasn't in it a whole lot, but I don't know. Like, just her interactions with Kira and that scene with 
Rachel at the end was really cool. And, you know, her telling Sarah, you need to know when to leave well enough alone. I can't really choose necessarily because this was so this was such a clone heavy episode that. Yeah, it really was. But I think I think maybe I'll just go with Mrs. S. I'll probably change my mind. Who knows? (laughs) That's fine. You can go with Mrs. S for now. Um, Lynette. Lynette. I'm going to go with Crystal because she was just a blast. I just loved her as my favorite clone and as my favorite non-clone. I'm going to go with Mud because she just really moved me in this. And I really felt for her. And, you know, the whole realization that it was all a lie. And she really kind of came through for everyone, even though it was, she was just torn apart. So... I'm going to go with Matt. Sounds good. Um, Matt. Well, I do love Crystal, but uh, for my favorite clone, I'm going to nominate Ira. He he helped Cosima escape, and he did a very selfless thing and was pretty noble. And for a caster, that's saying a lot. I've always found (laughs) it creepy, but I think in these last couple of episodes... He really uh, developed personality and motivation, and I will say uh, goodbye to you, Caster Clones. I'm sure we won't see any more of you. So Yeah. Good job, Ira. All right. Um, and do you have a favorite non-clone? A uh, favorite non-clone? Um, I'm going to say Susan, because she tried to kill P.T. Westmoreland. Yay! And although I normally <laughs> do not condone murder, you can put that on the, th- the things that, uh, that I don't approve of. <laughs> uh, he is a putz and a sexist pig with a strange hair doozy you know vampire creepo but you know she she tried and uh she loved her kids like a little too much but you know what i mean yeah. all right i think you did uh, <laughs> <laughs> um i do and i'm not okay with that janice um Favorite clone, I'm going to go with Ira as well. I, I really felt sad at his, at his death. And when he was glitching, I, um, and <laughs> favorite non-clone, <laughs> I'll go with Mud. She, I mean, she had a, a lot. I mean, she, you know, she, her, her emotions were played with all through this. Um, remember when the, the scene where, um, you know, she, she, she's agreed to help Susan put the morphine in his, in his IV, but then um, uh, PT just happens to show some concern for her and treat her as a human being, and that drives her to go tell Cody what what Susan has done. And that was I thought we didn't discuss that scene, but oh yeah. And then the, and then there's the scene where she finds the picture at the end. So she, she was my favorite non clone. All right, um, my favorite clone was I mean. Obviously, like, it was totally Crystal. Uh, my favorite non-clone is a tie this week between Brie for her not-so-stubble uh, half-seduction then possible seduction of Scott and then also Kira for her just team playing this episode and being willing to uh, swallow the Ipecac and, and puke on people. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, I think we. I don't. I don't like throwing up. So, like, d- deciding to do that, you know. Yeah, like, exactly. Two is like, whoa, okay. 
Yeah, I think I'm probably changing mine to Kira because I kind of forgot how, like, I don't know, it just seems like so long ago since we were talking about Kira. But I like her, too, when she was she was saying, like, I have a new code name for the island. You know, she's calling it Wonderland and she's she's totally a part of the plot now. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, All right. Rating. Sestra? I really, really liked this episode. I don't know if it was perfect. I think there were a couple things. But, I mean, overall, I really liked it. I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10 bendy hair straws. All righty. Lynette? I really, really liked it. I think it ranked probably better. I think it was better than last week. But I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 skin sensitization testing. Alrighty, uh, Matt. Uh, I liked it too, even though I was intoxicated for most of it and didn't write very many notes. I still felt like it was a turning point episode. I'm glad that we're uh, going to move away from the island. It, it feels like the show is picking up momentum. I just don't know why it's taking so long. Um, but of course, Crystal is hilarious. So we got some comedy. We got some thrills on the island. We saw said goodbye to some old friends. Uh, rest in peace, Ira and Susan. Uh, so, yeah, good stuff. I'll give it 9 out of 10 bells around the neck. Ah, oh, good one. Mm. Alrighty. Um, Janice? Yeah, I I really like this episode a lot. Um, for every, every all the reasons other people said, you know, there's comedy, we had Crystal, and we also, the story moved along, and we had really heartfelt performances by by people. So I'm going to give it nine and a half out of ten inconvenient truths about cosmetics. Yay. <laughs> um, I really like this episode. It's probably my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, I... It's given me hope for the rest of the season, um, which I kind of didn't have towards the beginning. So... Um, it has me reinvested in it. Um, so I'm going to give it, uh, this is really going to annoy Matt, 9.25. Why is it going to annoy me? Well, because you've said on your podcasts, your other podcasts, you don't allow. Well, that's my podcast. This is yours. You can do whatever you want to. Um, 9.25 guys on the inside. Sorry. Uh, what was it? So, 9.25? Basically 9.25 cals, right? Cals. Yeah. Are you sure it's not Beth? Not Beth, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sestra. It's not Beth. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I still love Janice. you. But... <laughs> Janice, do we have any feedback? Do we? Yes. Just... Okay. Okay. From Nutty, finally off the island. I love how Cosima told the truth and led a revolt. It was the perfect timing for all of it. Also, Cosima grew up on the water. Yay, she's the only one the boat plan seems to be a viable plan for. Love it. I feel bad for Mud. She was so invested and she couldn't help herself, only to find that PT was the sham Cosima told her he was. I'm kind of glad Susan is dead, if only for the reason that it means that everyone else at Dyad can die. There will be no negotiating with anyone. Ira is glitching. I want him to go all Helena on PT and Cody. How cool would that be? 
It's like the show Listen to Matt. We got Crystal, and she's a YouTube star. I want more of that. Like, really, I think she should be famous. I love her payback to Len, smearing the cream all over him. She rocks. I worry for Kira, but she's a smart cookie. We shall see what happens. As soon as she puked on the guy's shoes, I thought about Sarah, season one, drinking soap to get out of the shooting hearing for Beth. I like the momentum of this episode, and I hope it continues. Now let's see Felix and Allison again. Thank you, Nutty. Thank you, Nutty. Hey, Matt, where's where's the... Uh, and let it do chess. The, the yeah, yeah. I didn't get it out in time. Oh, well, know, do it now. You can't do it after. You have to do it before. You can uh, totally right, do it. Name. Somebody say your name again, so that'll work that way. Hey, we got feedback from Nutty. Nutty Nutcha. Yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, alrighty, so next episode is episode seven we have four episodes left is episode seven gag or throttle which on this show could mean anything anything well you you have a throttle on a boat true uh mrs s wants to throttle rachel (laughs) Mm um and again with the gag i mean just I'm anything. sure Rachel and Ferdinand are well-versed in gag usage. Right? Um, I feel like Crystal is, too. Don't let her lie. I, no, I, um, I absolutely believe that. And we also know that Allison is. True. Yes, that is definitely um, something we know. Wow, our Sestras are just super kinky girls. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that's it for this episode. Sandra, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Yep, of thank course. you, Sandra. I'm sorry I wasn't more prepared, but <laughs> you right. were you perfectly well. prepared. Um, so, hey, what other podcasts do you do? Funnily enough, I do a wrestling podcast every week. It's called Inside the Ropes, and I am the co-host on the SmackDown Summary, which means I discuss SmackDown Live every week. And I'm also the co-host of the Retro Raw Rundown, where my co-host Kenny and I watch Raw from 20 years ago. So we're going through July of 1997 currently, which is interesting uh, because I didn't start watching wrestling until about 2010. So it's all fresh for me. It's all new stuff and We have the dynamic of like a fan who watched it growing up and then me who's coming at it with fresh eyes. So two different shows that I when I watched it and it was 20 years ago. Hold on. 20 years ago. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to relive the memories, (laughs) go to insidetheropes.co.uk. But no. I'd like you to find an overlap between wrestling and Orphan Black. Oh my gosh. There. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much serialized storytelling. Like, wrestling is absolutely a soap opera it's absolutely a soap opera it's long-form storytelling and there there are heroes and there are villains right and sometimes there are shades of gray you have people like stone cold steve austin right now in retro raw who's not really a good guy but he's definitely getting cheered and so you know you have people like ira who we thought was not a character to cheer but you end up feeling sympathy for them the characters grow and they change and like that's my favorite thing about wrestling is watching characters grow and change and also kick-ass matches and suplexes, right? Like wrestling's the coolest. It's my favorite. So um, I talk about it all the time. And yeah, um, we're on, if you want to check out the wrestling podcast, I know there's not like a ton of cross audience, maybe like I know Shane watches 
both and listens to both shows, but he already <laughs> listens to both shows. Uh, but we're on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com forward slash the inside network or on Twitter at inside underscore the ropes. Um, yeah, that's where we are. I'm at Sandra Ruth RW on Twitter and you can talk to me about orphan black or wrestling or Superman or anything. I don't care. It's mostly wrestling because that's what people get in touch with me about, but <laughs> Well, we're so glad you could join us, and um, I totally have to check out. Oh my god, we have to. We we still have to talk about what's happening in the wrestling that you're watching because, like, I remember so many storylines. Um. Yes, all right. We have to talk about it then for sure. So that's it for us this week. We will be back next week with episode seven: gag or throttle. Bye. 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 Bye.